new wine, new ground. You know, at the beginning of a year, there's always a sense of newness. There's always a sense of a second chance. Uh, whether we make New Year's resolutions or not, uh, there's something about a, a new year. They've actually shown that most people can't ever get to their New Year's resolution. So they've shown that, that, that making New Year's resolutions doesn't actually work. Is there anyone here who's already broken one of their New Year's resolutions? Like on the sixth floor? I'll put up my hand. I have. All right. So uh, I think it's just a, 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 a thing. It's a, it's a new chance. So whether this last year was awesome, whether it was terrible, whether it was just middling, the coming of a new year gives us a fresh sense of God doing something. I want something to be better. You get a chance to, to do a do-over. Do so even the most cynical, negative person who sits there, I don't believe in all this, it's just time, time's a, a man construct, all of those things, there's still a sense of like something new. Right. Something different can happen. Things can get better. And the song that we just sang actually talks about how we can make sure that 2019 will be uh, a good year. So I'm just going to go through some of the words of the song. It says, in the crushing, in the pressing, in the, in the doing of life, in the, in the sense of, of the hustle and bustle, in the, in the things that that happen in life, you are. And I think that's the key. Whatever I face this year, you are. It's a, it's a talking to God. It's about bringing God into your hustle and bustle, into your crushing and in the pressing, in the traffic of life. In the You are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So what it's saying is it's talking about, I will surrender to what it is that God wants to do in my life in 2019. So I yield to you. I take off what I want to do and I decide to do what you want to do to your careful hand. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. You know, this year, you're going to go through something that you're not going to understand, that you didn't expect. Some of it will be great. Some of it will be a, a fantastic. I'm glad that happened. And for others, there'll be things of love. That was the worst thing that could have happened. We cannot know what this year is going to hold. But I can trust that God is good. And as I trust Him, good things will come out of even the bad things. So make me your vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. Having that attitude of like, God, I want what your will is, not what my will is, is what's going to see you make 2019. And then it's got this line, which I think is the line that has captured me for this song. It says, I came here with nothing, but all that you have given me. And I, I think I like this so much because I believe that this verse describes exactly what God has done for me. At 20 years old, because of the decisions that I'd made, the lifestyle that I was living, I'd already essentially wrecked my life. 
if I continued on that trajectory, my life would have amounted to nothing. And who knows if I'd even be alive. So everything that I have got has come out of the fact that on July the 11th in 1982, I said yes to Jesus. I came here with nothing. So nothing of myself is anything that about everything I have. My relationships, my friends, my life, everything of my life I have because of God. I came here with nothing. I came here with nothing, but only what you have given me. What a praise attitude to have. So Jesus, bring you wine. Jesus, bring you wine. Jesus, bring you wine out of me. It's a sense of, Jesus, bring something new. Even in heaven, we're going to see something new of God. We're going to sing a new song. And none of us want to do the same old, same old. That's why whatever it was, whether it be good or bad last year, we want something to be different. We want something to change. I want to know something new about the Lord, knew something new about God. Because there, where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom, the kingdom of God is here. I lay down my old flames, and I'm going to walk in to my tomorrow to carry your new fire today. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. It's just a wonderful song. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to preach prophetically and I want to declare, as I said in my prayer, I want to hopefully teach you something. But what I want to do, to be honest, is I want to speak to the powers and principalities. And I want to declare something strong. I want to declare something over your life this year that when you walk in it, you will have a newness of experience with God as you walk through into 2019. So we're going to have a look at this new wine. See, because each one of these things, I feel God has given me a specific picture for. It's not just the obvious. I feel like God's showing me something in each area for us as a church, and for then if it's us as a church, it's something that you can take for yourself this year. It's something that you can have in your spirit and do battle with, do battle against those powers and principalities. So new wine, if you look in the Word, speaks of the Holy Spirit. But it also speaks of a deepening of our intimacy with God. The Song of Solomon which is a, a, a great book, which is written just uh, after Proverbs and after Ecclesiastes. And what it talks about is it talks about a woman and her lover. It talks about the intimacy between a man and a woman. And it's really deep. It's, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's, it's very poetic and it's, it's very deep in its intimacy. And uh, what it represents, it represents Jesus and the Christian. It represents us as the woman and it represents Jesus as, as the lover, as, as the man, as the king. And so what it talks about is our relationship with God. And what it wants, what it's saying is it says that there's an ever 
deepening relationship. It, it uses the term new wine to describe, to depict the ever deepening relationship between the woman and her lover. And, 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 I, and, I, and this is how I was thinking about this. 23 years ago, I said yes to Nina. Nina said yes to me. We started to walk together. I had great love for Nina at that time. As she walked down that aisle, as you saw a picture of beauty, and I'm sitting there, it was a massive, we had a big crowd of people at our wedding, and, and uh, it was, and I just, it was just beautiful. We had 600 people in the wedding, but there was one person that I was focused on as she walked down, and I just started to cry, because I cry anyway, <laughs> right? But, uh, and I loved her. And there was no doubt that I loved her. But you know, today, I love her even more. And it's, 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 it's because I've experienced 23 years of life with her. We've had some great times. We've had some tough times. We've had some times where we had to battle through something together. We had through times when I was battling through something and she was great. There's times when she was battling and I was fine. There were, there were different things, but together as we went and navigated through life, as I saw her reactions, as I saw her work, as I saw her do what she does, my love for her increased. And what happened, it wasn't always where I just run slow motion into her arms. Dear honey, I love you. Right? There's times when I go, oh, gee, there's a bit of distance between us. If I tell her that, she's going to ask me 55 questions. <laughs> right? Like, so it's, it's real. And there's other times when I just, oh, I'm so close. But isn't that like our relationship with God? There are some times when God's a little bit distant, to be honest. Where I'm wondering, is he even hearing me? Or do I really want to bring him into this? Do I really? Is there, there's times when, when God is distant and yet there's other times when he's so close to me, I just, oh, I don't know. See, it's relationship. It's the ever deepening relationship with God. I go through that setback. And God is with me. And I wonder where he is. I, I go through this victory and God is with me. As all sorts of things. I, I walk with God and like any relationship, there's the ebbs and the flows and, the, and there's a growing of who God is because I experience my life. I know Nina better today because we've gone through 23 years of stuff. And when we get to 46 years and 50 years of marriage, I'm going to know her and love her even more because there's a whole lot more experiences that we've been through. This year, decide that there's going to be an ever-deepening love for Jesus in your life. There's going to be the knowing of Jesus. That, that's what I'm really at. The, the bedrock of all this, of what I'm speaking about today is this. Know Jesus better. Paul says in Philippians, he goes, I count it all as dung, using a, a, a slang word for, for the rubbish. I count it all as rubbish, everything else, but for the excellence of knowing Jesus. But for the excellence of knowing Jesus. I want you to know him better at the end of 2019 than you did yeah, at the true. start 
of 2019. That is something of your experience as you've walked with him. Something of, of, your, of your relationship with him has deepened because of the experience and the shared experience that you have with each other. Determine right now, at this minute, on the 6th of January 2019, that on the 31st of December 2019, you're going to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. Determine right now. One of the things I love about our youth group, and there are many things that I love, but many of them right now are doing what's called a Bible shred program, right? And they're reading the Bible, the whole Bible, in 30 days. Right now, I've done it once where I did it in 40 days. I thought I was good, right? <laughs> They're doing it in 30 days. That's about an hour and a half to two hours of reading every day. And if you miss a day, you're in trouble because that's four hours. Oh my God, right? And so they're getting a helicopter. But what they're doing is they're saying, I'm going to be serious about knowing God this year. I'm going to put it in. I must admit, I had to encourage Jack on Wednesday when they're in Leviticus, right? Which is like, that, that wasn't... A, Ah, oh, it's terrible for them, right? But uh, they, they, they're now into some of the stories, you know, chronicles and nice stuff like that, right? So uh, I, just, I just think it's good. They're, they're doing something. See, all of this is predicated on the fact that you actually do something. Right? What are you going to do that's going to see you know Jesus better? What is it that you're going to get to? Everyone say new ground. This year, I want us to take new ground. And this is the prophetic picture that I want you to have. We can all think new ground, oh, we'll just get new land, we'll get new this, we'll get new, it will be added to. But this is the picture I had of new ground. I was listening to a news uh, program recently, and they were speaking about dates in Israel. Not about boys and girls going out, right? About the fruit dates, right? And... Uh, so I listen to very interesting podcasts, <laughs> podcasts about dates in Israel. It was so interesting. Israel is one of the largest producers of dates. See, come to church, I'll teach you stuff, right? Dates need a lot of water. To be honest, they need one cubic metre of water a day. I don't know how much that is, but it seems like a lot, right? So that's how much water they need. Right, so interesting. Right, so Israel produces its dates or the most of its dates from land that was once desert. Israel's turned deserts into farmland. And they did it by clearing rocky ground, by building terraces. They invented efficient ways in which to use water like it was the Israeli farmers that came up with the drip feed irrigation, right? They drained swamps, they reforested arid land to stop erosion. They mixed salt water with natural water to make their water last longer. And this is, this is, the, this is what I want to show you today. The Negev Desert, which is Israel's largest desert, is getting smaller every year. Every year, that desert is getting smaller because they are reclaiming land. They are reclaiming land. You know, Nina and I are going to February. In, at the end of February, we're going to Israel for a week. So I'll be able to preach this really well when I come back, right? 
I'll know the names of it all. But that's what God is wanting to do. There's desert areas in your life that should be producing something, but they're arid and they're not growing. And this year, God is going to bring life and water, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort to bring life into that area. They didn't just go and plant a date and go, please, God, make it work. We're believing in the miracle power of God. Let it come now. Date. No. They got rid of the rocks. They dug the holes. They did all the different things. They came up with inventive ways. And if we want to see some of those desert areas in our life start to produce something, we're going to have to do something. For some of you, it means that you've got to study something, even though you might feel like you're a little bit too old. Right? For some of you, it means you've got to get fit. Well, no, I'll answer that one. <laughs> some of you are stretch in the area of generosity. Some of you need to be involved in the area of ministry. Some of you need to involve yourself in an area where you meet new people. See, we want to see people become Christians, but the majority of us don't know a lot of non-Christians. And so what about involving yourself in an area where you can meet some non-Christians and so that you can become an influence in their lives? God wants to expand your influence this year, fruitfulness into places where there was a desert. Everyone say, new fire. Every now and again, God wants to light a new fire to get you passionate again, to take you back to first love. You know, when I was a young Christian, back in 1982, 3, 4, 5, all of those things, let me tell you, I was on fire. I went to every meeting. I, I, I created meetings just so I could go to them. Right, like I, I just, I was praying through the night. I would fast every week, not for a week, one day a week, right? Like because I just wanted something from God. I wanted God to move. I would witness to every person I ever met just in case they weren't a Christian. I'd pray for someone on the prayer line. I listen, are you speaking in tongues? Oh, you're not speaking in tongues. Why don't you speak in tongues? Come on, touch him with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Right, like I was just... On fire, I was crazy. Some of you need to get your fire back. I'm not asking you to be crazy, but I'm asking you to get some passion in your life for the things of God. You know, this year, we just heard, we're going to start a new campus. Maybe you need to stir up some fire and, and say, I'm going to be a missionary to Morayfield. I might live nowhere near Morayfield, but I want to be a missionary for a year to Morayfield. Stir up a fire in your heart. You know, we're looking this year, we want some interns or, or giving God one day a week where you can come and serve at the church and do something. Right? So what happens is it stirs a, a, a fire inside of you. See, what you are involved in, in the kingdom, pushes you to prayer. And you know what you're passionate about when you want to pray about that particular issue. And I want to tell you, if there's nothing 
that is pushing you to the prayer closet, you need to start a fire again. You need to get a fire going in your life again. If there's nothing, it's not an area of the church, it's not an area of your involvement that pushes you to prayer, you need to start a fire. God calls us to get involved because it gives us a purpose and a reason to pray, to seek His face. The Bible speaks of leadership and it actually says that one of the benefits of being involved in His kingdom is that you have an increased experience of who God is and what He can do. It stirs a fire. But I want to encourage you today. This is your fire is low. God doesn't care. He says, a burning flax I will not quench. He doesn't need you to be raging. He just needs you to have just that burning flax. Just that, it's kind of, is it going to go out? Is it going to stay alive? Don't be like the foolish virgins though. that had no oil. And when Jesus came to speak and and speak life, there there was nothing that he could breathe into. Let that burning flax at least be there and then the Holy Spirit can breathe onto it. And it can come into light, come into fire. I want to ask yourself the question this morning, has your fire gone out? See, prayer is always an indication of your fire level. Because when you pray, you're praying because you realise you actually need God. See, next week, We start our prayer meetings again on a Sunday night. 5.15, it's a quarter to six. Every Sunday night, we pray, right? Maybe you gotta be there. You know, Kent leads our prayer and intercessory team. Maybe that's what God's putting on you because we need people who are gonna fight the battle in the spiritual world. And so maybe see Kent, but stir yourself. Stir your fire. Bring the the flame. Bring the flame. See, in Brisbane, you don't actually need to light a fire that often. But when you're in Adelaide, you've got to light a fire all the time. And what happens is that you blow on that and you you put some things on. Every now and again, you've got to put a bit of a fire starter. And then the the big logs will keep going after. And so you just got to breathe into it. That's what God wants to do. He wants to bring to fire some of those things. New power. Now, this is what I see. New power is that you see God at work. You see the wink of God. Right? So how do I explain that? Um, You go through something. It's dark. It's disappointing. It isn't what you wanted. Where's God? What's going on? I don't understand. And what happens is that in a completely different area, you just see God do something. You just see God. And what it is, is saying like, I'm not going to take you out of this, but I'm with you. He just gives you the wing. Hey, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, mate. It's going to be all right. I look for the wink of God. So it lets me know that God is around. See, that's what the power of God is where God moves from theology to experience, where God is tangible. It's what makes relationship with God different from religion. Religion is acting because you believe that you might be able to please God with whatever it is that you're doing, whereas relationship is you acting because God is real to you. Pour out your heart to Him, for He is an ever-present help 
in times of trouble, the Bible says. He's ever present. Pour out your heart. Tell him what you're thinking. Tell him what's going on in your head. Tell him the negatives, the positives, the, 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 the frustrations, the, the questions. Tell him because he's an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's there. And sometimes when we're so religious and holy, I, I better not tell God what I'm really thinking because he might. No, tell him. Be honest with him. He knows what you're thinking anyway. See, that's the power of God. We're in trouble. Your cry or someone else's cry to God sees him come through. See, we often think that the power of God is only when blind eyes are opened or when the dead are raised or, or when cancer's cured. But I want to tell you the power of God is so much more than those big things. And praise God for those big things. But knowing that God is working on your behalf, that's the power of God. Having peace in tumultuous times, that's the power of God. Having enough when it matters, that's the power of God. Knowing what to do and when to do it, that's the power of God. Going through something that gets others taken out by, let me tell you, that's the power of God. Keeping a sweet spirit and not getting bitter when everyone around you is getting upset and losing their heads, that's the power of God. Seeing something fresh from His Word. Or even better, getting a rhema word that sustains you. Well, that's incredible. That's the power of God. Having a sense of God's presence in worship. That you just sense, God, you're just so real to me right now. That's the power of God. Hearing the right sermon at just the right time. It's the power of God. Being used by God to bring comfort to someone. That's the power of God. Receiving a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom as you're just speaking to someone around coffee, that's the power of God.